0: This is the Nothing But Bucks Podcast. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Domination. Man, oh man, did the Buccaneers come to play on Sunday, October the 18th, 2020? Albeit you can say a slow start and didn't come to play until the second quarter. But once the Bucks fell behind 10-0 to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, that was as dominant and a complete victory as you're going to see in an nfl regular season game second quarter third quarter leading to the fourth quarter no contest buccaneers 38 unanswered points after being down 10 nothing and absolutely stuffed aaron Rodgers and the pack into a garbage can and sealed the lid done on an easy, easy victory Sunday afternoon. Welcome in. Glad you found us here on Nothing But Bucks, the podcast. Whether you found us through the Buccaneers mobile app, through Buccaneers.com, wherever you get podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, etc. I am merely the somewhat capable host of the show. Have a blast on Buccaneers Radio with me, Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, Ronnie Lane, John Gilmore, our entire crew and yesterday was a lot of fun. Again, it did not start well, but it isn't all about the start, is it, Buck fans? And confess, confess here to me, uh, as you listen to this on your handheld device, through your computer, through your iPad, if you're a, if you're a Buccaneer fan, you were doubting, after, after the lost 10 days to go, uh, go to Chicago on Thursday night football at Soldier Field, when Rodgers and the Packers marched right down the field and got a field goal, came right back down the field and got another touchdown... You're sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. We've got all this euphoria around the Lightning Stanley Cup, around the Rays making the World Series. At the time that I'm taping this, the Dodgers have won in the National League, so it's the Rays and the Dodgers in the 2020 COVID bizarro World of Sports World Series in Arlington, Texas, of course. It makes total sense uh, that the, the, the Lightning had to win the Stanley Cup in Toronto and Edmonton, Canada, with no games being played in Tampa, in downtown Tampa. The, the Rays are about to embark on winning a World Series with only their first round series with Toronto being played at Tropicana Field in St. Pete because, of course, the American League playoffs had to be in San Diego, California, completely detached. And the World Series now, where they've been playing the last two rounds of the National League playoffs, to be played in Arlington, Texas. So it's a bizarro 2020. I get it. Uh, but uh, you know, for all the optimism around the lightning and the rays, there had to be some pessimism in that first quarter, but this is why it's a four quarter game. And I have said this time and again in the off season, I have said it as we've begun the year on the broadcast and on these podcasts, this Buccaneer team is loaded talent wise, on both sides of the ball. And it has to be right now because injuries are going to crop up. You've got concerns over COVID-19. Are guys going to test positive, not be able to play? We're seeing that all over the NFL where certain players can't play in certain games. The teams that are talented and are deep are at an advantage. The Buccaneers aren't just deep. The the Buccaneers are like a a Gulf of Mexico deep, like way out in the Gulf. I'm not talking about off the sands of St. Peter Clearwater Beach. Uh, There is depth, there is quality depth, there is strong talent on this team, and Green Bay found out the hard way, especially once they got behind by a couple of scores. And it's 21-10, 28-10. Good luck against Todd Bowles' defense. Cranking it up with JPP, Shaq Barrett, and Dominican Sioux and company up front, Levante David, and Devin White in the middle. How scary is that? And a secondary that is coming on that knows Bowles' system in year two, and is playing much more confidently and fast man-to-man defense. My goodness. Uh, we're not home free here at 4-2 and two in October. And just as I came in after they had opening loss to the Saints and said right here on Nothing But Bucks, one game does not your 16 season make. The first game especially doesn't tell you how the whole thing's going to go. And I said that day, and I've said it a couple more times, and I'm saying it right here. Show me how the Buccaneers look in October. Long about week six. Okay, so let's stop for a second. How did the Buccaneers look in week six against the Green Bay Packers? I continue to say, show me how the Bucs look in week seven at Las Vegas. What are you looking like in the eighth game with the New York Giants, who aren't very good, what, what are you looking like here now that you've played four, five, six, seven games? That's the true measure of what this 2020 Buccaneer team should be, we believe it will be, and the potential for a Super Bowl. That looked like a Super Bowl team yesterday. For all the slings and arrows, Brady's over the hill, Saints have your number, all the expectations are going to go by the wayside, cautionary tale of going and getting Brady, 43 years old. Uh, how does Tom Brady look right now? And I, I'm going to say this as as plainly as I can possibly say this. He has been fantastically accurate. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, at one point yesterday, he completed 13 passes in a row, had a couple of incompletions early in the game, and then went 14 out of 16 over the stretch after those early incompletions for 111 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He is a leader. He is a Hall of Famer. But you know what the biggest difference right now is? This is the truth. On the offensive side of the ball, you're not throwing the ball to the other team over and over again and having to make up for it and adjust for it and come from behind because of it. You have a real sense right now that when you get to 10-10, 14-10, or you're behind 10-7, it's not going to be a killer interception that undoes you. Undoes you. It, it is. It is not going to be a killer interception in the third quarter when you've got all the momentum. Tom Brady's thrown one interception in the last four games. One. Yes, it was a pick six against the LA Chargers, but he he's thrown one interception, folks. So, uh, again, you go back to yesterday, and he didn't have to throw it a ton but at the times in which they needed a big throw over and over again, the ball was there, it was accurate, and it was not thrown to the other team. There was one tantalizingly close in the fourth quarter with about seven or eight minutes left when he threw it to the rookie, Keyshawn Vaughn, who had it ricochet off his hands and go 15 feet in the air, and none of the Packers could go get it. They were a beaten team at that point at 38-10. Again, what killed this team last year, and I am as qualified as, as anybody, to talk about this outside of the team itself and the coaching staff. Because I have been there every step of the way watching all of this at field level, as I was again yesterday, for the last 16 seasons. What killed this team repeatedly last year and all throughout the last four or five years is you kept waiting for interceptions to undo this team. You don't have that right now. And yeah, you're going to play some defenses that cause pressure. Is Tom Brady going to go the rest of the year without a pick? Not likely. Is he going to go the rest of the year without throwing a couple more interceptions? Probably not. Is Tom Brady going to have 15 more interceptions in the Buccaneers' last 12 games? Who wants to lose to me on that wager? Is Tom Brady going to have 10 more interceptions coming in the Bucs' last 12? 10 games here of the regular season, one per game. Who wants to lose to me on that wager with what you're seeing, with the weapons that he has? And, and don't don't give me this. I mean, th- this team had weapons a year ago. I, I know that you've added Rob Gronkowski, but guess what? Ronald Jones was running last year, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were out there last year and were both 1,000-yard receivers. And Cameron Braid and O.J. Howard, fully healthy, were out there last year. Just don't throw it to the other team. And you see the difference. You see the difference in being in the game, being in the lead, being able to stay in the lead, put the game away by taking care of the ball. And and this goes for fumbling as well and turning it over that way, but this is more incumbent on the most important position on the field, which is the quarterback, the leader, the guy that's going to get it done. And, uh, And I feel confident in saying this right now, those that were putting out there over and over again, because you've got to have something to talk about during the COVID times and the offseason, and we had no, no real uh visible training camp for the most part, no preseason games. So everybody had to keep talking about, well, in the first year of of uh, Bruce Arians' offense, Ben Rofflesberger and Carson Palmer and uh, Jameis Winston all through their career high in interceptions. Uh, I, I guess uh I, I guess the reality check is now setting in for those naysayers that Tom Brady isn't going to throw 20 or 25 interceptions this year. Just not going to happen. Too accurate, too composed. We all hope that he holds up physically at 43. We don't know. There's not a guarantee. We we believe that he will. And if he does, you're going to see about a 5 or 6 to 1 touchdown-to-interception ratio when this is all said and done. Because there it was again yesterday with a great touch on the ball over and over again zipping it when it's going to be zipped so I give credit where it's due and uh and we've got a lot to talk about and cover and a lot to go over with the highlights let me set the table a little further in addition to the highlights uh and the insight that I'm giving you while that's going on you're going to hear from coach Bruce Arians in our post game comments you're going to hear from Tom Brady about what he thought about this 38-10 win over the Packers you'll also hear from Jamel Dean that highlight that's upcoming his pick six the first interception off Aaron Rodgers all year speaking of interceptions isn't it interesting the uh, the correlation between Rivers and all the success he has and Patrick Mahomes and a Super Bowl win and Drew Brees and all the success he consistently has? They don't throw interceptions, not repeatedly, not game after game after game and season after season. Common theme. So that when Rodgers does throw picks like what he did yesterday, the NFL was buzzing every which direction because, again, this game went all over the country on Fox. There was no other game on Fox yesterday. Buccaneers and, pa- and Packers went to 100% of the country on over-the-air TV. So everybody got to see it. And when the, and when the Packers were winning, everybody, the pundits, the, the talking heads, the internet keyboard warriors, the heroes, they all believed but Brady washed up. Bucks are going down. Bucks are going to be three and three. And then when the narrative changed, who'd have thunk it that Aaron Rodgers was rattled and Aaron Rodgers was throwing interceptions? It happens. It just doesn't happen that often with him. And the Bucks got two and really should have had a third one later on in the game, off of Rodgers. In what was a complete and satisfying win, as satisfying as anything you're going to see in the regular season to win that easily. You're on cruise control the whole fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers is pulled from the game in the fourth quarter because they're so decisively behind and don't want to get him hit and don't want to get him hurt. Love it. Having been around so many years in the old NFC Central, the black and blue, the NFC Norris, uh, the, the old combination that Chris Berman always called it on NFL primetime in the 80s and 90s, the Norris division, because everybody would be bruising and fighting like the Norris division in hockey. That's where that term came from, by the way. So... Uh, the Packers would frequently in the 80s against the bad Buccaneers, and even in the early to mid-90s, humiliate the Bucks. I don't care if Ray Perkins or Sam Weich was a coach. Now, Sam Weich, early on in his career, got a couple of wins. In fact, I think Sam Weich's first game was a win over the Green Bay Packers. Don Mikowski and the Packers. I remember, because I was in the north end zone of the stadium when it was 153 degrees that day, I was there in 1992 for Bucks over Packers. But there were plenty of games when Richard Williamson was the coach or Lehman Bennett was the coach. And uh, even into the 90s, uh, when Tony Dungy took over for Sam White, Tony Dungy's first game was a humiliating blowout shutout to the Green Bay Packers at home. So this this team has clobbered the Buccaneers throughout their history, so it's time to get some payback going here, there, and everywhere. In the Super Bowl years, there was some payback against the Green Bay Packers in the division and the, and the historic matchups against Favre and the Packers, Dungy-led or Gruden-led Buccaneers. Uh, I still remember getting to go to Green Bay. You talk about satisfying with Cadillac Williams, 2005 as a rookie, running for 100 yards, intercepted Favre, I think, three three times or four times that day. I know Will Allen had an interception. A couple of other guys had picks. I'm trying to remember if uh, if Brooks got one in that game. He'll tell us if he did. Rondé Barber may have gotten one in that game, but uh, Joey Galloway had a touchdown catch, went to Lambeau and won. It's always satisfying to beat Green Bay. They're one of the iconic teams in the NFL, and that very much was yesterday. All right, so let's get to it. Let's get to the excitement of the highlights and the calls. Here from Buccaneers Radio, Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore on the calls. Again, the start, not what the Bucs wanted because the Pack Got the ball. The Bucks won the coin toss, deferred to the second half. Pack got the ball, marched down the field and got a field goal from Mason Crosby after a 54-yard drive. Stalled out. Buccaneers did a good job to hold the Packers two three points. Crosby knocked it through from 39 yards out. Made the game 3-0. And then the Bucks offense goes three and out. And that's not what you wanted. And now you give the ball back to Rodgers, and Rodgers starts making some plays. They get a a couple of runs. He completes a couple of passes. Eventually, it's a scramble by Aaron Rodgers trying to score himself on a run. They initially ruled touchdown. Then they come back and look at his knee down as he's diving forward to get in the end zone. And he's ruled down at the one-yard line, and that would lead to the Packers breaking out right here. After they took the touchdown off the board, put the ball down on the one, first and goal from about the half yard line, actually, here you go.
1: One back, Aaron Jones, oh, Williams the back and he'll run it right up the gut. And the Green Bay Packers are stuffed if they get it in. I don't know how, far it is ruled a touchdown. Good.
0: Aaron Jones with the one yard run capping an 80 yard drive in 11 plays, 10 nothing. And as I said earlier in this podcast, uh, everybody everywhere is looking around going Chicago hangover from the from the Thursday night game what's going on here get it in gear well the Buccaneers would get it in gear again not offensively as they got a first down went into the second quarter then had to punt the ball but it was the defense that kicked everything into high gear immediately right here with the Packers the ball back and a 10 nothing lead Todd Bowles' defense showed up for the first of several huge times.
1: Jamal Williams in the backfield. Rodgers takes the snap, third and 10, drops, pressure cover against the pass, it's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Tampa Bay, Jamal touchdown Dean. Buccaneers, Jamal Dean. First turnover of the season by the Pack, and it's a pick six.
0: Pick six from Jamal Dean, how about that? Uh, turning things around on Aaron Rodgers on a 32-yard interception return and this Buccaneer defense from then on dialed it up not just a notch but about four notches Uh, you could see out on the field the confidence just growing and swelling so the Packers right back on offense uh, the, the series immediately after and right away the Buccaneer defense comes up with another interception of Rodgers
1: Rodgers trying to get the Bucks to jump, we don't, here's the snap Rodgers pressure underpre- gets the pass away, knocked it's picked off, intercepted again to the 30, convoy ahead to the 20 to the 15 yard line, to the 10 yard line inside the 10 to the 5 Rodgers is picked off on back to back possessions and the Bucks are in business inside the 5 yard line Mike Edwards with the interception.
0: Yes, it's probably a bigger horror show than Rogers seeing Patrick Mahomes instead of him in the State Farm commercials, although they both have made a bunch of money from State Farm at this point. Mike Edwards with the second interception. Here again, we've been talking about this already on the podcast. I've been saying this. Interceptions will be your undoing, and it was the Packers' undoing immediately here because Rogers threw two of them, one brought to the house, this one down to the two-yard line, and it would not take the Buccaneers long at all to take the lead for good.
1: Here it is Brady taking the snap, feeding the ball to running left, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Nobody put a hand on him. He hurdles into the end zone. Fire the cannons!
0: Boy, how hard does Ronald Jones run, especially through the line with guys in the way, always falling forward. Tough running, two-yard touchdown run, 14 to 10. Buccaneers score two touchdowns in a minute 40 off the clock with the two interceptions setting things up. Now, the game wasn't done at that point, but clearly you had momentum. You get the ball back, and uh, you just you keep making plays. That's what this is all about. At first, the defense continued to make plays after the Jones uh, touchdown. Uh, they get off the field yet again on third down, get the ball back to the offense, and Tom Brady would go to work on what would turn out to be a good scoring drive this time. 65 yards, 11 plays, makes a a throw-and-catch to Rob Gronkowski, gets the ball to Chris Godwin, good to have him back, and eventually the rookie, Tyler Johnson, gets his first NFL score.
1: Here's the snap to Brady, a little low. Brady picks it up, looks upfield. He looks, he still looks, he looks. Passes on the end zone. Caught ball! Touchdown Tampa Bay! Great throw, Brady, and a remarkable catch by Tyler Johnson. The rookie has his first TD, and the Bucs add to the lead, 20-10. to
0: Yes, indeed. Great job by Brady with the patience to wait for Johnson to clear in the back. Left of the end zone. He did stay in bounds along the back end line. Seven-yard touchdown. First touchdown of Tyler Johnson's NFL career. Just like Keyshawn Vaughn. For all time, you could say, the first TD of my NFL career, I caught it from Tom Brady. How about that? Extra point good, 21-10, and the momentum just continued and continued. Again, Rodgers under duress at this point. Buccaneers could basically pin their ears back back and this would be the, the first of numerous times that Mean Gene was calling the name of number 54.
1: Play may be changed by Rodgers. Here's the snap and here comes pressure. at cat court, play sack to the backfield. Corner blitz from the right side. And down goes Rodgers again.
0: Always got to know where Levante David is. There is no doubt about that. And what a great job uh, the defense did, just dialing it in. That sack would end up being one of five on the day and it was green light time for the Buccaneers to go. You don't don't say in the first half the game is over, but if you go put another six points up on the board, seven with the extra point, you've damaged the Packers psychologically. Big time in that second quarter. That's exactly what the Bucs did. So you move the ball uh, down the field once again, 65-yard drive, and it culminates right here.
1: But here's the snap on third and six. Block pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski he makes the catch. Touchdown Tampa Bay! What a great grab by Brock Holy moly The box score a touchdown with a minute two to go.
0: I am here to testify. Hall of Fame play. Hall of Fame throw. Hall of Fame tight end. What have they? They've now connected. What was it? 71 or 72 times in their careers. First time as Buccaneers. How sweet was that to see Brady putting that throw right to Rob Gronkowski in Buccaneers, white pewter, and some red trim? It was great to see on Sunday. I'll answer my own rhetorical question on that. So the first touchdown hookup comes in the sixth sixth game of the year between Brady and Gronkowski. And again, the game was not over here, but my goodness, digging that kind of hole with the Buccaneer defense as talented as it is, Uh, Rodgers and the Packers were going to be in trouble and Ndamukong Sue, who got a questionable late hit penalty earlier in the second quarter for shoving Rodgers after a throw he didn't fall on him, he didn't hit him in the head it was just a shove after the throw this time Rodgers had not gotten rid of the ball and 93 said hello again
1: here is the snap and Brady dropping, dropping under some heat, under some heat. It looks like he's gotta be sacked! He's sacked back at the 24-yard line. And Dominican Sue says that's a legal play, Mr. Ref. And I just crushed that number 12.
2: Yeah, he was still holding the ball.
0: Sue gets that sack and the route really on. Yes, you had a second half to go, but you could just sense the Buccaneers were not going to let up. And uh, in talking to Bruce Arians at halftime, he said that you know that's the message here. We got a whole half to play. We are not at 28-10. We haven't won this game yet because Aaron Rodgers can can like lightning hit you with 70-yard touchdown and 80-yard touchdown and get them right back in the game, especially with a ton of time left. So you kept wondering about that in the third quarter. But the Bucks very methodical. The first thing they did uh, was get the football and come out in the second half and uh, make their move. With a six-play, 43-yard drive, big completion to Gronkowski down the field, Ryan Suckup would eventually line up for this 50-yard field goal attempt. The holder,
1: Bradley Pinion, the spot is down. The kick is airborne by Suckup. It's got the legs, it's got the legs, it's got the legs, and it is good!
0: Right through there, how money has Suckup continued to be, especially from 40 yards and in and on the extra points. That one, a 50-yarder, 31-10, 31-10, demoralizing the Packers even more. Didn't take a lot of time off the clock. But Green Bay could get nothing going uh, at this stage in the second half. Credit the defensive line, uh, including, how, b- how about this, uh, JPP relentless.
1: Play action fake. Sold by Rodgers. And he sacked at the 15-yard line. When you're down 31-10, to you know you're going to have to throw. And Levante David gets his second sack of the game. JPP may get half of that one.
0: Jason Pierre Paul gets in the act with the sack you know he was doing something else yesterday that that was coached and it was also great on his own individual part he would chase Rodgers and with his wingspan at about six foot four and the long arms he would stick those arms up where where Rodgers could not easily see down the field even though I can't close the gap to sack you uh, you're not taking off to run and I'm not going to let you throw it over me easily I'm going to put my hands up where you can't see and frustrate you even further and there was one play where he did it once when Rodgers raised up to throw rolling out and JPP right in front of where I was positioned in the in the front row of the operational zone at Raymond James Stadium he put the hands up and Rodgers couldn't see over him to throw it and Rodgers continued to roll and JPP continued to chase him and when he went to raise up and throw it again he put his arms up again and Rodgers just threw it away uh, to the right out of bounds. Great play, subtle plays that lead to big things, and uh, the defense continued to close the door. The Buck offense got the ball back uh, at this stage, got a long attempt to Scotty Miller where the Packers interfered with him in the end zone, trying to keep him from catching what would have been about a 50-yard touchdown or so. So that set up things down at the one, and how good have the Buccaneers been goal to go over and over again? Shotgun for me. Here's the step.
1: Inside handoff. Oh, Rojo up the gut. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. The Bucs have 37 on the board.
0: I believe it is correct. That's now the 11th straight time the Buccaneers have gotten a touchdown on goal to go. Ten yards and in or nine yards and in whatever you want to call it. Uh, Ronald Jones cashes in their second touchdown of the day. He would go over 100 yards with two touchdowns, three straight games with 100 yards for Ronald Jones, so a lot to be happy about. And that left the Buccaneer defense to slam the door early in the fourth.
1: Rogers dropping, pressure, he's pressured, he fumble the football. No, he held on to it, but he is clobbered. Fourth Devin sack White. of the game by Devin. Devin White's got the fourth sack of the game, he's got two.
0: Devin White gets into the act. How fun is it going to be to watch him play middle linebacker for the Buccaneers for the next, oh, I don't know, eight years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is. He's only in his second year. And he and Levante David, just a dynamic duo in that linebacking core. So uh, a complete victory, a domination for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 38-10. The Packers did not score in the final three quarters. Again, Aaron Rodgers went to the bench midway through the fourth quarter because what was the point? He was just going to get more punishment, more abuse in uh, in that fourth quarter if he didn't. So they took him out, and uh, the white flag waved. And you know, maybe the Bucks will see the Packers again coming in January in a playoff scenario. We sure hope so. You keep piling up wins. You know Tampa Bay is going to be a playoff team. And you now have, by the way, a head-to-head tiebreaker over Green Bay, if need be, for a playoff game. We'll see what happens um, as uh, as the Bucks get this win. Uh, once again, in impressive fashion, all over the NFL, they've been talking about it Sunday night and into Monday whether you're talking about the NFL Network, whether you're talking about ESPN, uh, on and on everywhere. Fox Sports uh, going on and on about the way the Bucs played. Uh, post game, especially last night, that that was a statement game. And it was. Again, at 4-2, and two, you still have much more football to play, many more games to win. you got to stay healthy. you got to stay focused. But this was a great sign. Enough of me telling you that. Here's the head coach uh, after the game on our Hooters post game show uh as i got the chance to speak with him we got so many good things to talk about what do you want to talk about first what what are you happiest with on this turnaround and an easy win today
2: i, I think the defensive uh pressure we put and the and the just the entire game plan defense had uh shaw did a great job of disguising coverage not know they didn't know who was coming where they were coming from the guys just got after the quarterback and uh, Obviously, Jamel Dean's interception switched the whole game around, but I mean, the whole team to play penalty free, sack free, turnover free football on offense, you're going to be hard to beat.
0: You mentioned the Dean pick. Aaron Rodgers had not thrown an interception in the first four games or the first two drives where they got the 10 0 lead. Just, I know it's across the field, but he looked like he was reading eyes, broke on that. It wasn't the whole game, but the game clearly turned, as you just said, right there.
2: Yeah, that that one shook him up, and then the second one, I think, really shook him up, and uh, that's when the pressure took over. He was holding it just a tick longer. Guys were getting home, hitting him, and uh, th- I thought the entire defensive team, special teams, too, uh, all played. This was a good team win, uh, all three phases.
0: And unlike the Chicago game, you got goal to go a couple of times late in the first half and put touchdowns on the board including after the second interception. You did it again in the third quarter after the pass interference penalty. Your team has been fantastic for the most part goal to go. Why?
2: Yeah, we ran the ball well, you know, and uh, we just just played poorly in Chicago as a football team offensively, and uh, we showed what we're capable of today, and hopefully we can continue to build on that.
0: Speaking of running the ball well, a third consecutive 100-yard game for Ronald Jones. Two more touchdowns today for him. What are you seeing in year three here, even without a preseason and really an off-season, that is translating into what we're seeing on Sundays?
2: Um, maturity, patience. He's seeing the holes. We're um, mixing up the runs that we're using, and he's he's doing a good job of reading it, setting it up. But the biggest thing is his run after contact. I think he's leading the league and run after contact. He's breaking a lot of tackles, making guys miss, and you know what looks like an ugly two-yard run, but it's really four, and second and six, and that's him pushing the pile.
0: I love saying this name to you, Levante David was everywhere again today in the run game, breaking up passes, even got a quarterback sack. Actually, I think a sack and a half officially credited. Uh, he is one of the leaders on that defense. Say more about how he played today.
2: Oh, fast, physical, um, outstanding. I mean, uh, it's really hard to play much better. I thought Devin and Levante were probably the most catalyst, the big catalyst on the defensive side of the ball. Along with JPP, I thought JPP had a great game and Sue.
0: And so you end up with five sacks. Tom Brady uh, had a little bit of a shaky start. You didn't get a first down on the first – you got one first down, I think, on the first two drives. Then after that at one stage, I believe it was 13 consecutive completions. How and why did he lock in?
2: Yeah, it was just a matter of uh, figuring out what was going on. And, uh, you know, the first drive we missed one, and uh, we actually ran the ball on third down and and did a poor job of blocking it. But – after that he was he was solid it just takes it took a little time, found Chris a few times, you know found, moved, did a great job of moving the ball around a lot of different guys and uh, that's what he's capable
0: of.: We're going to see that highlight to Gronkowski all over TV tonight all over the internet for the next couple of days. We used to see it all the time in New England. How satisfying and gratifying is it to see it in buccaneer colors in pewter and red for a touchdown as he dropped it right in the corner of the end zone to Gronk?
2: Yeah, it was a it really was that good of a throw. It was a great catch by Gronk. I just wish his right arm was healthy so he could have spiked it for everybody.
0: Love that. Hey, one subtle thing. It's it's horrible that you've lost uh, Vita Vea for the year, but today uh, Raheem Nunez-Roches, known as Nacho, William Golston, even Jeremiah Ledbetter, who you brought up to the active roster here, they did a great job jamming up the middle of the defense and freeing guys up, did they not?
2: Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, and uh, you know, Nacho's played really well all season. Um, you know, Ledbetter got his shot with Khalil spraining his ankle on Wednesday, but uh, yeah, I like those young defensive linemen. So yeah, we'll uh, we've got our hands full next week with the Raiders and their big, powerful running game. But uh, we'll savor this win for a day or two.
0: Coach, congratulations! Thank you.
2: Appreciate it, guys.
0: Yes, it is only one game. You got to get ready for the Raiders. You enjoyed it on Sunday night and Monday morning, but these guys were back in the building. Watching the film of that game and putting it to bed and getting ready for the Raiders already, Derek Carr and company, will be quite the challenge. So that's the challenge later in the week, and we'll talk more about that here on the Nothing But Bucks, uh, Nothing but Bucks podcast coming up in a couple of moments. Uh, I want to hear from Jamel Dean after the game was over with with the media. That pick six turned this entire game around, as we were just talking about with the coach. Dean took it in from 32 yards out. The third-year player from Auburn has made some big plays over his first couple of seasons and even this year in the NFL but that is as memorable as it gets to pick a Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, and take it in. Here he was Sunday evening. I
3: was really, when I saw the formation, then I seen how like everything started to develop. I'm like, I have to make this play because I know what's coming. And then once, he th- once I saw
0: him throw it, I was like, yeah, it's mine. And sometimes it's a spark. That wasn't a spark for the fire. That was a stick of dynamite for the Buccaneers and an explosion, a 38-point explosion. Uh, By the way, by the numbers, if you're wondering, we give you this kind of intel and info on nothing but bucks. That is 38 consecutive points yesterday, the first time since the opening game, September 2000. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Mike Allstott, Warwick Dunn, Sean King at quarterback, our analyst Dave Moore at tight end, Martine Gramatica kicking, that the Buccaneers shut out the Chicago Bears 41-0 that opening Sunday. That's the last time you scored 38 consecutive points for the Bucks in a game. Uh, it, just a complete, from the second quarter on, whipping of the Green Bay Packers. All right, uh, Tom Brady uh, played well enough in this game. Again, efficient enough, completing 14 of his first 16 passes with a couple of scores. Sure, there are a couple of throws here and there that he would have still loved to have made, but they made more than enough of them in this game. Here's the Bucks quarterback.
2: Hey Tom, it looked like you had a real connection and success with, with Rob Gronkowski. I know he's playing with kind of a nicked-up shoulder. If you talk about his performance,
4: yeah, he played great today, and uh, got to try to keep getting him and Cam the ball. The tight ends, you know, can really help us out. The backs can help us out. It takes pressure off the receivers and we just got to keep building and growing and uh, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. We just got to show up every day get better, learn from the mistakes and uh, you know, see if we can go win on the road here, which has been tough for us. Uh.
0: For the first or this just the second time in franchise history, you guys played a complete penalty free game. I know that's been a, a big part of, of your success in the past Fun team you played on. What can you say about that performance that you guys had? Zero penalties.
4: I think it's a big part of every team's success is not turn the ball over and then not uh, committing penalties, which put you behind down a distance and take you out of your runs and your play actions and you know, all those hurt. So you gotta be able to to stay on track and stay ahead and down a distance and you know that's that's the goal for the team. Hey Tom, just want to talk about Scotty Miller again today. I know he didn't make that grab in the end zone, but he got that PI, and it seems like week in and week out, you continue to build with Scotty. Yeah, I got a lot of confidence in Scotty's ability, and he's just got to keep doing it. And um, I give him a lot of chances, and he's just doing a great job with it. So uh, it's just you know, all those guys are making plays, and we're gonna have to keep improving. And uh, we got a tough game this week. So thank you, guys.
0: Again, Tom Brady talking to the media about this one. And about the job that was done, we go over some of the final numbers. Uh, Brady does finish officially at 17 of 27, had some incompletions in the second half. Two touchdowns, most importantly, no interceptions. I say again, for those that we went round and round and round with about what interceptions cost you, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady in specific have one interception in their last four games. They're three and one. So, it, it again, it translates don't throw the ball to the other team over and over and over again. And let's hope that this continues along a path where the ratio is four, five, six touchdowns to an interception uh, from the rest of the year. Maybe seven or eight. We'll take that. We'll all take that. Uh, again, Ronald Jones' uh, third consecutive 100-yard game was 23 carries, 113 yards uh, on this one. Rob Gronkowski, Five catches, 78 yards, as productive a day as he's had. Now, I did have a six-catch game in Denver. Five for 78 and a touchdown, that great touchdown catch in the second quarter that's on the highlights everywhere. Chris Godwin also five catches, 48 yards in this game. You didn't have to have a lot uh, of passing in this, especially when you were up 31-10, 38-10. You weren't going to be throwing it in the second half, but give the credit where it is due. Almost everywhere you looked on that stat sheet, uh, how about another stat that we came up with, and I believe this is correct. We were still analyzing last night. And I saw it somewhere. The Packers last 41 plays second quarter and on after they had the 10 nothing lead, they got 54 yards. You're going to hear that in an interview that I do uh, or that I did uh, on the Hooters post game show in a minute, but I'm saying it right now. 54 yards the last three quarters. Uh, great job by that Buccaneer D. 10 tackles for Devin White with the sack. Three tackles for loss. Levante David, eight more tackles, one and a half sacks, two other tackles for loss. Jason Pierre Paul, six tackles and a sack and a half. Man. And Dominican Sue with a, a tackle for loss and a sack, jamming up the middle. Carlton Davis, six tackles on the game and, and playing at four passes defended, doing a great job down the field. On Devontae Adams and the other receivers, just a complete performance. And speaking of the defense, another guy that stuck his nose in there for a couple of tackles, Raheem Nunez-Roches, known as Nacho, uh, having to fill in for the injured Vita Vea, who's out for the year with a broken leg. Nacho on that defensive line with Sue and Shaq Barrett and JPP. So on our Hooters postgame show, I spoke with Nacho. Congratulations. A, a great turnaround. Thank defense, you. you. Raheem. Uh, the defense led this turnaround, the Jamel Dean interception, and what you guys did after. What were the adjustments? How did you dominate uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers from the second quarter on?
3: Uh, the biggest thing, I mean, we've we done it all week, and we just ain't come out how we wanted to in the first two series. We just had to pick it up in the second quarter. It wasn't nothing that we did different. We just had to raise our level of play
0: the dean interception i'm not sure if you were on the field or not for that one but that's an enormous momentum play tell me tell me about it
3: oh yeah uh i actually wasn't on the field i can't tell you about it
0: (laughs) but tell me about tell me about what that does for a defense when it flips the game around and you're right back out on the field and then mike edwards got another one
3: uh i mean it just changed the whole dynamic you know uh you know, Aaron being fa- uh, flawless and not having any picks and us coming out there and rattling them up and just having a pick sit, that was just tremendous. It just gave, you know, so much momentum. It gave offense, you know, that, that spark that they need to go out there and do their thing. And then we just rolled with that.
0: Nacho, there was a lot of talk about Vita Vea being gone for the year with the broken leg, how you, William Golston, and we even saw Jeremiah Ledbetter called up to the active roster going to have to step up. Uh, how important was the push up the middle, not only for the pass rush, but stopping the run game today?
3: It was big. I mean, we all have to work together. You know what I'm saying? Rushing coverage working together. So once we stopped it up front, they were able to get, you know, after in the back end. So uh, it's just big. Everybody doing their part, every play, and just coming together collectively. And you see the result.
0: What was being said, if anything? Did anything have to be said as you guys just continued to stop them and stop them? They, the last ten possessions, they had two turnovers, the end of the half, and and seven punts. What what are you guys saying in the huddle and on the sideline as you're continuing to to stop Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Nacho?
3: oh, uh, well, the biggest thing we the defense took so upon themselves. We're gonna have to win this game. And that's what we kept saying. We're going to have to make a stop. We're going to have to make a turnover. We're going to have to score. And we went out there and did that. We spoke into existence. We knew what we were going to have to do. And, shoot, we just dominated and executed.
0: You know, it is a job. There there is a a tough component to this, even a a, a brutal physical component to this. How fun was this today for you and the team?
3: Oh, it was was fun. Going against a great opponent, uh, being my first start, it was just fun. It was all around then. You know, having the results that we had, it was just all fun. I had fun doing it. I love what I do. and uh, Just to see that result, just to win and uh, be the undefeated team, ain't nothing better than that on primetime TV.
0: You want a couple of fun numbers while we're talking about fun numbers? I believe we have this right. You ready? The last 41 What's plays that? Green Bay ran, they got 54 yards and no points. And by, and by the way, 38 unanswered points. That's the first time since the 2000 season when the 2000 Buccaneers shut out the Bears 41 nothing. It has been a while to see this kind of performance. Though I can tell in your voice, those numbers make you smile.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely they do. It's just good, you know, to be on the top in categories. And we're just going to continue to build off that. I love it. I know where we can go. I know where we can be. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we're trying to get that Super Bowl, so we're just going to build off this guy.
0: Definitely a statement win that will be talked about tonight and tomorrow. And I know Bruce Arians already stressed it with us. Enjoy it tonight. And then it's Raiders right from here on out, correct, for next yes, Sunday?
3: Sir. Yes, sir. I didn't even know who our opponent was. Thank you for telling me. I just worry <laughs> about this game.
0: Hey, enjoy this tonight. Worry <laughs> about them tomorrow, Nacho. Go have fun. Be safe, <laughs> yes, all right? Sir. Congrats. Will
3: do. Go Buck.
0: Thirty-eight ten 38-10 with 38 unanswered points, and the NFL now has taken notice of what the Bucs have done. Looking forward to maybe seeing another player of the week type situation uh, for a Buccaneer defender. I don't know if they'll give it to Jamel Dean just off the pick six, but maybe Devin White with the 10 tackles and the sacks and, uh, and the tackles for loss. Uh, again, the uh, the Bucks have been honored a couple of different times uh, with this already for this season, including uh, Shaq Barrett getting a player of the week honor. Uh, Levante David getting a player of the month honor in the NFC for defensive player of the month. Antoine Winfield getting the defensive rookie of the month for September. It's good to see after he got dinged in the first half of the game, he was out of there and Mike Edwards replaced him at safety and got the interception, that Winfield was able to come back in. It just again speaks to the depth of this team, folks. Uh, and I realize I'm on board with the Buccaneer broadcast, and there's nothing but Bucks podcast. But I- I'm not going to say that the defense is the O2 defense. You have Hall of Famers on that defense, all right. And you can make an argument that Levante David's gotten a, a you know a, a Hall of Fame resume built up. Is Jason Pierre-Paul who has a Super Bowl title uh, with the Giants and continues to be very productive with the sacks with the Bucks these last three years? Does he have a Hall of Fame resume? He's probably going to be under s- consideration. And should be down the road. So might the Bucks have some Hall of Famers on this defense? I don't know that Indominus Sioux is a Hall of Famer. He would argue with me if he's sitting there, if he's sitting here uh, with me. Is Shaq Barrett going to develop over the next three, four, five years into a Hall of Fame pass rusher? We certainly hope so. What's Devin White's potential? We don't know off this defense, but man, Sapp and Brooks and Lynch. And Rondé Barber and Shelton Quarles and Simeon Rice and Donnie Abraham and Brian Kelly and all those guys that were on that Buccaneers defense in the late 90s and the early 2000s. They were something to behold. Uh, that was a Super Bowl defense. This defense is starting to look like that defense. They're not that defense yet, but they're starting to look like that. And it could be that way for this team. Let's see uh, on uh, on that side of the ball. All right. So, again, it's... Just a victory. It is one victory, an impressive victory. But come midweek here, it doesn't mean anything against the Las Vegas Raiders. That The score is going to be 0-0. Zero, zero at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas when the, when the Buccaneers arrive and they kick the game off. It's not going to be 38-10, so you got to start over and get ready for John Gruden and the Raiders. It'll be the first time that we've seen the Raiders uh, in four seasons uh, when Derek Carr and company came in and won an overtime game in Tampa Bay. Last time the Bucks played the Raiders on the road was in Oakland, and that was the Doug Martin record-breaking day running the football where Martin had over 270 yards season high that year in the NFL. And uh, and three long touchdown runs in the second half. Northern California kid returned to Oakland. So the Raiders have obviously moved from Oakland to Vegas. No fans this year at any of their games. They announced prior to this season they couldn't work out the ticket priority to be able to satisfy everybody. They wanted to wait until the COVID-19 pandemic subsides and you can actually have uh, most, if not all, of your fans back at your games. So the Raiders will have no fans at Allegiant Stadium. So that will be weird. But the Bucs get a shot to go into Vegas, play for the first time ever in the uh, in the Vegas desert for this matchup on Sunday Night Football coming up at just after 8.15 or so Eastern time. We will be ready to go uh, on, on Buccaneers Radio at 7 Eastern time with all of your coverage. Of course, 98 Rock as well with the local pregame coverage in the Tampa Bay area. But if you're looking for us on Buccaneers Radio or through the mobile app or the website, with the network coverage, that will be Sunday night from Vegas and a chance to be at 5-2 and two on the season. Looking forward to that. And, of course, Gruden is forever linked with the Buccaneers with the Super Bowl. I have great affinity for John. Still get to talk to him from time to time, uh, even though he's living mostly now in Vegas, still has the home in the northern Tampa suburbs. Uh, iconic coach, Super Bowl-winning coach. We've already honored him in the Ring of Honor a couple of years ago. So it'll be fun to see the Bucs go against he and the Raiders in what is a large clash for both teams with the Raiders chasing the Chiefs of the AFC West and AFC playoffs and the Bucks trying to maintain first place in the NFC South. How about that? Yes, first place in the South does have a good ring to it. Let's keep it up for this week coming against the Raiders. That'll do it here for uh, this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. My thanks, as always, to Steve Carney uh, back with iHeartRadio and our 98 Rock coverage helping me with the highlights and the interviews and the sound bites that you hear. Jeff Ryan is our director of broadcasting. Uh, We're looking forward to this. Gene and Dave and I on the call. Sunday Night Football is your next Buccaneer game from Las Vegas chance to be 5-2. and two. Will the roll continue? I think there's a good chance that it will, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Look out uh, for those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a reminder again, find this podcast on uh, the day after games, whatever the case is, we've got a Monday night game coming up. It'll be there on Tuesdays. Typically, it is Monday that you will find this podcast on the Buccaneers mobile app and Buccaneers.com. Subscribe, and it comes automatically to you, whether you found us uh, through a social media link, the Bucks mobile app. Subscribe to the podcast whenever it's brand new. Ding. It comes right to your phone, your handheld device, and you'll be good to go. For now, we are done. Just like the Packers were done in the second half on Sunday, and I loved it in a 38-10 win. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me. We got the Bucks and the Raiders coming Sunday night. We'll be back to talk all about it after it's done on Nothing But Bucks.